Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. I'm sorry I haven't done a podcast for a long time because I've been focusing on my YouTube live videos. If you've missed any of those, there are eight weeks of lessons about writing and uh, reading and listening and vocabulary and phrasal verbs. So please do go and check them out. They're on youtube.com forward slash Fiona Water. Hopefully now I'm back into a routine of doing my weekly podcast and I'm really happy to go back to looking at reading and listening because I've really missed them. I've chosen a really difficult one for you today. It's a part three academic reading and I chose it because I thought that although it looks so difficult, it really is quite simple with a bit of practice and it's um, matching headings. So three different types of activities, matching headings, then gap fill and true, false, not given. If you'd rather watch this on a screen, I'm making a video at the same time, which I will upload to YouTube so that you can read the text as well. And as always, if you're in the Members Academy, you'll get all the material so you can try the test for yourself. Come and join us in the Members Academy and you can find that on my website, ieltsetc.com. So let's get started. The first thing I always recommend is you have just a very brief look at the headings and decide what, in fact, you have to do. There are a number of different types of heading activities and here we can see that there are eight sections or eight paragraphs but nine um, headings. So all you need to do, so only one of these will not be used. So that puts you in the mindset that you don't have to worry too much about distractors, all, almost all of the headings will be used and they haven't done one for you. So there's nothing to help you. You go straight from the first paragraph and try to find a heading. So the next thing you can do is to look at the title. The title of this is why companies should welcome disorder. So immediately you'll start thinking about that title. So it will be business related. It's about companies and it's something slightly unusual that companies should welcome um, disorder being disorganized, which immediately shocks you, possibly grabs your attention. That's the purpose of the title, but it makes you think, what are they going to say that's new? And this kind of structure is common. It's going to tell you what we normally think, then tell us that there's a problem with that, explain what the problem is, and then give us an alternative. This is a very typical academic text structure, and it's something that we can get used to and use to help us match the headings. Next, have a quick look at the headings. So here we can see 
the first one is complaints about something of a certain approach. So it's talking about the negatives and you can imagine that the negatives would be early on. This is the original approach and this is where they will find something wrong with this approach. So complaints. Then the next fundamental beliefs that are in fact incorrect. So we'll be looking for something to be disproved something that we maybe believe is true and then somebody will of course tell us we're wrong. Statement number three says early recommendations concerning business activities. Early recommendations. So early could be early on in time, it could be chronologically early. So again we'd look in the early part of the text. Whereas in four, it says organisations that put a new approach into practice. So here comes the alternative. We can imagine this would be later in the text or at least where they tell us that there is something new. Companies that have suffered from changing their approach, well, that will, of course, come after they've talked about changing their approach. What people are increasingly expected to do? Well, that's difficult to say. How to achieve outcomes that are currently impossible? So we're looking for some kind of advice. Again, currently impossible suggests this is early in the text where they're talking about negative things and how we can improve them. Neither approach guarantees continuous improvement. So because it says neither or neither approach, it suggests that this will come after they have discussed both approaches. So it will come later. And then finally, evidence that a certain approach can have more disadvantages than advantages. Well, that could come anywhere, but we're just looking for that word evidence in the text. So there's a lot to do. There are nine headings and we need to match eight of them. So let's look at the text itself. Please don't worry too much at this stage. This is small, I know, but I don't expect you to read it. I just want you to have a look at this uh, text so you get the measure of it. And now let me show you something, which is this. First paragraph, the background. Second, the problem. Third, the reason for the problem. Another reason for the problem. And another reason for the problem. So this is very similar to a task two essay where you give the background, you explain the problem and then what do you expect to come next? Well, in paragraph F, you get the solution and then examples of this solution. And you can see the capital letters. There are two companies, um, Oticon and General Electric, even Google. Those are all examples of this solution. And then the final paragraph, like in task two, is a recommendation. So when you break a long text down into those uh, features, 
then suddenly the text becomes a lot more manageable and hopefully I'll show you how that works with this text. So let's look at the first paragraph. It says organisation is big business and the whole paragraph tells us how really we are always told that we should be more organised in order to become more productive and there are seminars and workshops to tell us how to do this and business leaders also believe this and um, the number of business schools teaching us how to do this has massively increased. So there you have it, the first paragraph, the background about how important it is considered or how important organisation is considered to be. So when we look at the headings, number one, complaints, no, fundamental beliefs, it doesn't say they are incorrect. Early recommendations, possibly. Organisations, a new approach, no, this is the old approach. Companies have suffered, no, that's negative. What people are increasingly expected to do? Well, here we have something very general, people. And that is what we've seen in this very general first paragraph. Um, it says we are told we ought to organise our company, our home life, our week, our day, our sleep. And it, it says to tell a paying public they ought to structure their lives in order to achieve um, more productivity. So that is our answer. It's uh, what people are increasingly expected to do. The first paragraph talked about this pressure on people to become more organised and more productive. Simple. Paragraph B introduces the problem. Ironically, however, the number of businesses that fail has also steadily increased. So here's the problem. Stress has increased. Workers are dissatisfied. And then there's the question. This begs the question, what has gone wrong? Why is it that uh, the drive for organisation seems good, but in reality is not? So that is the question um, about why this approach is not working. And when we go to the headings, it says complaints, number one, complaints about the impact of a certain approach. Every word in this heading matches what we've seen. So we've seen complaints, we've got work-related stress, um, dissatisfied workers and this is all due to the impact of this approach. So that is the answer. B is heading I or number one. Now the next three paragraphs explain the problem in a bit more detail. Each paragraph explains um, the problem with this approach. Uh, the first paragraph C says this problem has been around for quite a while. Uh, Frederick Taylor 
wrote about it in the first half of the 20th century and he designed many principles to improve efficiency and that's all. The whole paragraph talks about how this approach has been here since uh, the early part of the 20th century. So you look at the headings. Um, two is a tricky one. These beliefs are incorrect. They haven't said that yet. But in number three, it says early recommendations concerning business activities. And this is our answer. Early recommendations. So we did say that early suggested that it could be chronologically early, telling us it comes early in the text as well. Now, the second um, reason is paragraph D. And here, just look at the first line. New research suggests that this obsession with efficiency is misguided. This is where they start to question the original approach. And that word misguided is an important one in IELTS. It basically means it's wrong. So sometimes with headings, you can actually guess the heading from the first line. And here is an example. So when we look through and we go to number two, fundamental, fundamental beliefs that are in fact in correct. And that's it. That is the paragraph. Um, these fundamental beliefs are our obsession with efficiency and misguided is incorrect. Um, talks a lot about the basic assumptions we hold. Assumptions is quite an important word in IELTS and it comes up three times in this paragraph. Assumptions we hold is the assumption that order is necessary for productivity. Assumption comes from the verb to assume. I've talked about this in my videos before. It means that you believe something to be true without really testing it or without any evidence. Um, Useful vocabulary here. The assumption has fostered the idea that disorder must be detrimental to organisational productivity. Detrimental meaning a very, very negative effect. And the result is that businesses and people spend time and money organising themselves for the sake of organising. Now, this is important vocabulary as well. We're going to need it later. So when we do something just for the sake of doing it, not really sure why we do it or thinking about whether it's good or not. So that vocabulary is useful when you do something just for the sake of doing it unthinkingly without a goal in mind. So we looked at the answer for that heading, which was fundamental beliefs that are in fact incorrect. Again, the word assumption is a kind of synonym for belief. It's things we believe are true without fact checking them.
Okay, so we've left the whole problem now and we move to the second half, which kind of introduces the solution. It follows on by saying, what's more, recent studies show that order actually has diminishing returns. Order does increase productivity to a certain extent, but eventually the usefulness of the process, blah, 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 um, it doesn't really work. Some argue that in a business, if the cost outweighs the benefit, then that thing ought not to be formally structured. So it's a kind of what I call a turning point paragraph. It kind of takes this, the first half of the reading and it introduces an idea that there might be a better approach. And when we look through the list of headings, we come to number nine, evidence that a certain approach can have more disadvantages than advantages. So we have got a mix of both here. Remember it said, um, yes, to a certain extent, order does increase productivity, but eventually um, it reduces and starts to cost the business more. So you've got a mixture of disadvantages and advantages. And where's the evidence? Well, the evidence is always recent studies show. So we are expecting uh, the alternative now. And if we look at paragraph F, it says, research shows that when innovating, the best approach is to create an environment devoid of structure. Important word, devoid, meaning it has no structure or hierarchy so that everyone is involved and engages as one organic group. These environments can lead to new solutions that under conventionally structured environments, we've, we've heard this word a lot, conventionally, meaning traditionally structured environments, would never be reached. So paragraph F tells us that if we don't have order, then we have an environment where we can find new solutions. So what paragraph is this? Um, if we look at the headings, number seven says how to achieve outcomes that are currently impossible. So currently impossible is where we have that idea that they could never be reached if we use the conventional structured environments. And the how to is the solution. And the how-to is here, create an environment which is organic rather than structured. We want examples of this and we get these examples in paragraph G. In recent times, companies have slowly started to embrace this disorganisation. And it gives an example of Oticon, a large Danish manufacturer. 
and another one is General Electric and finally Google. So the answer then if we look at the headings number five we've got well sorry we've got four or five where it mentions organizations in four and companies in five so let's compare them. Four says organizations that put a new approach into practice. Five says companies that have suffered from changing their approach. So you have to decide whether they have suffered or whether they've just put the approach into practice. And here we can see obviously that they haven't suffered. Um, there were clear improvements, highly successful initially and anything else? Do, 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 do. That's it. So definitely there is no mention of them having suffered. So the answer is four. They put this approach into practice. And that simply brings us to the last paragraph. The last paragraph is often a recommendation. And we are looking for exactly like in the task two essay, we're looking for a kind of final thought or warning or consequence or condition. And it exactly says that. It says a word of warning to others thinking of jumping on this bandwagon. The evidence so far suggests disorder, like order, also seems to have diminishing utility and can also have detrimental effects if overused. Disorder should not, sorry, should only be embraced as far as it is useful. But we should not fear it. Research also shows we should continually question whether or not our existing assumptions work. Now here I was a little worried. I was thinking, well, this looks like one we've already used. The one we already used was number nine and it says evidence that a certain pro approach can have more disadvantages than advantages. So yes, the paragraph has both disadvantages and advantages, but there's no evidence that one has more than the other. So the better answer is number eight. Neither approach guarantees continuous improvement. So, so they keep comparing them like order, disorder should be embraced only as far as it is useful. And we should not venerate one over the other. So neither is perfect and that gives us answer number eight. So I hope that's shown you how um, the, a difficult, a very difficult long text can be simplified when you've done this kind of reading in your training and in your practice. That leaves us only with three gap fill questions and I'd like to show you again how this structure can help you find the answers really quickly. 
when we look at the gaps, the first question says numerous training sessions are aimed at people who feel they are not something enough. So we can see that the gaps are focused on the first paragraph where it talks in general about people and training sessions. And we're looking for an adjective which people feel. So when we look at the first paragraph, it says uh, we are told we ought to organise our company, blah, 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 as a means to become more productive. Every week, seminars and workshops, so that's the training sessions, take place to tell the public they ought to structure their lives in order to achieve this. Now, look at this. This is a reference word, refers back to becoming more productive. We are allowed only one word. So the adjective is productive. In 36 it says being organized appeals to people who regard themselves as. So these go in exactly the same order as the text. We've already looked at this paragraph, so now we'll go down a little bit and we're looking for people who regard themselves as something that could be noun or adjective. It says, to the delight of self-proclaimed perfectionists. Now, self-proclaimed is people who regard themselves as and the answer is perfectionists. Please note that there's an S at the end and it's important to use that. Finally, 37, many people feel something with aspects of their work. So we're looking for another adjective. How do they feel about their work? Go down to the next paragraph talking about work-related stress, a large proportion of workers claim to be dissatisfied with the way blah, blah, blah. So how do they feel? They feel dissatisfied. Watch the horrible spelling, double S, I, E, D at the end. So because the word said feel, then normally we're looking for ed, adjectives like bored or tired or frightened, and our brain tells us to look for that word in the text. And because we've now covered paragraphs A and B, we'll move on to the final set of questions which is true, false and not given. And we know now exactly where to find them. But before we do that, I strongly urge you to use a little bit of common sense, shall we say, to guess the true, false, not given. By this stage in the exam, you'll be really tired and probably running out of time. You've just got three 
questions for true, false, not given. So common sense will tell you one is true, one is false and one is not given. Can you guess those without looking at the text? I'm not going to tell you because I'm going to ask you to pause the video, but if we look at 38, both businesses and people aim at order without really considering its value. Okay, I won't say anything. 39. Innovation is most successful if the people involved have distinct roles. 40. Google was inspired to adopt flexibility by the success of General Electric. So I'll let you guess those, but I'm going to show you in the text how these appear. So we've got three questions and we know the last one is about Google, so it will refer to those paragraphs in, in G. So we've already done A and B. F is therefore the middle question and C, D and E is where we'll find the first question. If you're looking at this on YouTube, it's probably clearer, but they go in perfect order and they use up the whole of the text. Apart from the last paragraph, which is often where they put an overall question, but not today. So let's look at them one by one and I'd like you to pause the video and decide for yourself. What do you think about 38? Both businesses and people aim at order without really considering its value. Well, if you think back to what we said before, the result is that business and people spend time and money organising themselves just for the sake of organising rather than actually looking at the end goal and usefulness of such an effort. So we've got businesses and people here, businesses and people, they aim at order. Yes, they spend time and money doing this without considering the value. Yes, without thinking about the end goal and the usefulness of their effort. So, as you can see, there are synonyms for all of these words and therefore the answer is true. But I would like you to think about the way the questions are written. It's quite vague without really considering its value. When we compare that with a false answer, you'll see that the false answer is very specific and you can kind of recognise this vague language which it makes it easy for you because it covers everything. Businesses and people do this without really considering its value. It's quite vague, so we can't say that there's an opposite. There's not, because it's true. Whereas when we look at the next one, you can probably guess this now, innovation is most successful if the people involved have distinct roles. Well, when you look at the text, looking for the most successful, it says the best approach is to create an environment, an environment 
devoid of structure and enable everyone to engage as one organic group. So now we have the complete opposite of distinct roles where everybody has an individual role. No, the text tells us we should engage as just one whole group, not a set of individuals. So that question 39 is therefore false. It leaves us with the last question and we've had one true and one false. So you can pretty much guarantee the last question will be not given. If you have time to check it, then do. Let's have a look. It's easy to find in the text. It's Google, so capital G. Google was inspired to adopt flexibility by the success of General Electric. Now, my knowledge of Google tells me that they are innovators. They, they developed the idea of being flexible. I can't imagine that they copied that from anybody else. But what does it say? Were they inspired by General Electric? General Electric is mentioned in the text very positively. They embraced disorganisation, um, breaking down barriers, encouraging virtual co collaboration and flexible work working. <laughs> it's been a long day. Google and a number of other tech companies have embraced these kind of flexible structures. But it does not say that they were inspired by General Electric. If you change the question a little bit and say who were Google inspired by, there's no evidence for that in the text. Can we say that they were not inspired by General Electric? No, that's not in the text. So therefore, the answer is not given. So I hope that helped you a little bit, gave you a little bit of practice, gave you some more awareness of techniques you can use for uh, matching headings. It's the one that people request most of all. And I just try to show that it's not always as difficult as it sometimes looks. Bye for now. Thanks for listening and hopefully see you very soon. Bye bye.